Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring Institute. We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts. Hi, everyone. Tati and I are here today with Leah Hone, and Leah is a an amazing friend of mine. I am so grateful she's part of my life and has been for a long time. I mean, how long have we known each other, Leah? Uh, probably about 10 years. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. So anyway, I am, I'm so grateful you're here because I know you've been part of leadership education for a long time. Um, but could you tell our audience, you know, how you started homeschooling, you know, about your family and everything. And then also, how did you find Lemmy? Okay. So, um, I have, I have five children. One's my stepson and I did not homeschool him, but I've homeschooled my other four children and my oldest son, who is now almost 22 when he was, um, when he started school, um, I had, I had known since before I had kids that I would probably homeschool at some point. I always, of course, being a new mom and um, not knowing anything, I just went by with, you know, with other people. And I saw that, like, I always noticed that there was a change in kids around middle school. And um, I know I experienced a lot of things around middle school age. And so I always thought, well, when it comes to middle school, I'll either homeschool my kids or I will put them in a private school. So hopefully be able to afford that by then or something like that. So it was always in the back of my mind that I might do that at some point. But when my son, he went to kindergarten and first grade at public school, and it was a great local public school. And um, we were told we were very lucky to have him, you know, in that school. It's a great, great one and everything. But it, it, I realized it didn't really matter how good the school is or how good the teachers are. There are certain things that the teachers didn't have control over. And I started seeing like these certain things that didn't make sense about like, well, we have to use this curriculum, even though um, we don't like it. And it doesn't make any sense. And the kids struggle with it, but that's what we have to use. I'm like, that's really doesn't make any sense. And then, um, and then I saw like changes in like, um, the kids when they got to be about third grade, I I'm like the third graders or how I imagined middle school kids being. And so I was like, whoa, maybe I'll homeschool my kids sooner because I saw this change in these kids on campus. Um, and, and it made me uncomfortable. And then when he was about to go into second grade, then, um, a niece of mine who lived, um, close by, um, she had a son that was a couple of years older and she was going to start homeschooling him. And she had learned about this awesome thing called um, Thomas Jefferson education. And she told me about it. And they used to, we used to have face to face with greatness seminars. And she had um, gone to some earlier, like at the end of the previous school year or something like that. And she's like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm like, well, you know, I'm thinking about waiting until he's in third grade. She's like, if there's anything I learned, I wish I would have started sooner. I'm like, okay. And I really trusted her. <laughs> and so I was like, maybe I'll do that. And so I just started really, um, I remember it was like the summertime, we were like going camping and stuff. And I was reading um, A Well-Trained Mind. I read TJ Ed. Um, I was doing all this research on homeschooling. And I was like, this is all amazing. I couldn't believe that, all the resources and everything that was available. But I had another friend who had always homeschooled her kids, but she always did it through the school district. So I had started, um, I started that school year with the school district. And um, in the first one or two weeks, I was like this, well, we went to go pick up the curriculum. I'm like, this is not like what I've been reading about. <laughs> like, I know there's better stuff out there. Cause this was like really cheesy. There was no literature. It was not enriching. I mean, he was in second grade, but it was like very much like, you know, 
like like look at the dinosaur and all these different things and I was just like there's just no there's no beauty to this you know um and I knew that there was something better at that point so um I withdrew him from that and I joined a charter school where I, I was like because I'm like how am I gonna afford all this stuff it's so expensive so luckily in California we actually have good charter schools and um so I enrolled him in a charter school that I could get the funds to get this kind of curriculum that I'd seen, you know, like really kind of at that point, it's kind of like more of like classical education stuff I was looking at. And um, I went to um, that fall. Also, they had a Faith Safe with Greatness um, seminar that um, that um, uh, Shannon did. I can't think of his last name. Um, anyways, um, so. So I went to that with a friend and that was amazing. So that was really my turning point. So that's kind of how I started like getting into homeschooling and then going to that was like the turning point and what really kind of introduced me to Commonwealth schools. So um, I was learning, it was like a crash course in TJ Ed for parents and it was so helpful. It was so enlightening and inspiring. And at the end of the, um, I think it was like a three-day seminar. I remember actually that's when um, Angela Krill was there and she was celebrating signing the constitution, right? For, for, for genius had just started. So I kind of like heard about that. And um, I got to know Angela later on when she was my son's art teacher. And um, so it was kind of like in my mind, but they had what the used to be TJYC is now um, Quest. Um, they had some TJYC graduates and they all got up and spoke about some of their different experiences um, just with the classes they'd taken and with Shakespeare. And they talked about these different things and how, how, um, how much it had changed them and how, how it was like life-changing for them. And I was just so impressed with the youth and what they were saying. I was like, not really sure what that is, but we're doing that. Like someday we're doing that, you know? And at that time, like most of the Commonwealth schools, they didn't really have junior programs, but, um, so I knew, okay, when, when he's 12, like we're doing that. And, um, but then I got involved with a group, um, some of the moms who, um, were part of the, our, our, one of our local, when I was in North County, San Diego, um, Commonwealth schools, but they started like a co-op. So it was obviously different. They started a history club co-op. So it was a, ended up being a huge group of people and, um, we were doing story of the world and, you know, parents had to take turns teaching and all that kind of stuff. And it was great. And it lasted as long as it was supposed to last. And, um, and it was wonderful, but I got to meet these women who um, had been doing this already for like 10 years, who were part of TJ Ed, who had been a part of a Commonwealth school. So that I felt so I've like looking back, I know people who have kind of floundered and not known what they were doing or have much guidance for like many years in homeschooling until they finally found mentors and um and, and like TJ Ed or whatever they knew really spoke to them. But I like from the very beginning, and it was like literally my first year homeschooling, straight into this wonderful group of women who um who like, who I viewed as my mentors, like they really like introduced TJ and explained like, you know, as if just in conversations as in like the little nursery room that we had and stuff and like, um, and just learning from them and watching them teach and just, just different things like, and just them, you know, becoming my friends really um, taught me about TJ Ed. I learned more about Commonwealth schools. And um, when we had like moved just a little further North from where we were to then, um, then some of them were starting a Commonwealth school in Fallbrook and I wanted to join them. But then there was another group starting right in the town where I was going to be. So that's what I joined instead because they were starting with like a transition to scholar class. So my oldest at the time was transition to scholar age. And so we just jumped straight into that um, and started with that Commonwealth school. And that's what we've been doing TG Ed and Commonwealth schools ever since. So, and now, He's 
22. So <laughs> it's been 11 years. <laughs> so the, the name of this podcast is, is Lemmy Works. Do you feel like being part of Commonwealth and having your kids in um, going through the continuum and being part of the, the scholar projects worked for your children? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. My two oldest who have, um, who have graduated, um, through, um, doing all the Lemmy projects they just didn't do Georgics. Georgics, I feel like has kind of grown more in the last several years, but like when they did it, they really were just, it was like really when they're transitioning from Georgics being part of pyramid project to now just being pyramid project. So we never did Georgics, but they did, um, all the other um, classes in the continuum, all the, all the projects and, um, and ending with quest, which was both my boys would say it was like, it was life changing for them. I mean, it really was. So I've, I've learned that like the, the classes all kind of build on each other. So, um, you know, they still refer to things that they learned in key of Liberty. Um, obviously like, um, each, I, each project just had its own, its own, um, strengths and, um, its own ways of, of, of really um, affecting them and helping them. So like, you know, Shakespeare, it's always everyone's favorite. <laughs> all, the, all the students at least, you know, I feel like the scholars all like Shakespeare because um, it's fun, you know, and there's nothing like that feeling after you've done a play. There's just nothing like it and going through that growth. Um, but they have just, um, like it's for, I mean, it's kind of like we have, I've always pretended that they had an option <laughs> like like oh sure we don't have to do this do you want to do something else you know I've but in my mind thinking there's absolutely no way we're not doing this um but I wanted them to feel like they were buying in and choosing it and and they always have and and it's easiest seeing like the the first one go through and the second one and now my other two like this is what we do you know and that's they want to experience what their what their older brothers have experienced so um, yeah, I mean, it has definitely, um, it has worked. Um, one thing when we went to training, um, we went to school training, um, this last, this last summer. And, um, when we were talking about people, like some people who, um, are just like, well, why do we have to do Lemmy? And the thing I kept coming back to is like, if not Lemmy, then what? But there's certain things that we're trying to accomplish that Lemmy offers. And I haven't seen anything else that offers and, and has the same outcome. So, um, so until there is something like that, then I'm like, I don't know what we would do other than Lemmy because trying to apply leadership education principles and TJ ed into a group, like it definitely has a place, like, like you need that group, you need that community. Um, but accomplishing that, um, the way it's, it's, it's developed through, through Lemmy. I mean, it's, I don't, I haven't seen anything else be as um, effective. Yeah. So many people feel like Lemmy is just like a curriculum and it's, it's not, I mean, until you've gone through it, you, when you've gone through it, then you understand. Um, I know I did a, a training where a couple of the people had done other things and offered other classes and um, similar to like Key of Liberty, but when they took Key of Liberty, it's like, oh my gosh, okay, I see it. it. It's so much more. It's not just learning dates. It is learning 
you know, principles and it's learning, you know, how to, um, you know, show, show them through these things that we're learning how to have vision, you know, what it means to have mission. And it, it, it is, it is so much more than just teaching a class. So. Yeah, that's the key is, um, is the principles, right? Like true principles are unchanging and they, and they are life-changing. I think that's why people, I think it's a little extreme that like, you know, that like these you know young kids or teenagers are like, sure, this was life-changing. Well, what do they know? But it's, those true principles, like that's, that's where the key difference is. We're not teaching just content. Um, it's not about how much Shakespeare they memorize. It's not about like um, how familiar they are with the battles, you know, fought in different wars or whatever. Um, that's not what it's about. It's about the, how they learn through these things, different true principles and apply those to their lives. And that is going to take them and affect them for the rest of their lives. And that changes them. That, that helps them become the people that that I want my kids to be. I want them to know how to apply true principles in their lives. And to me, that's what it does. So that's like the difference. It's like, it's not about content. It's not about information. And each project that that um, that I mentor, I'm, I tell them the same thing. It's like, I'm not worried about this content and information. I'm not going to like worry that you know dates and all these different things. But I want you to understand the why and the principles, like, you know, what makes these people different, what makes a statesman, you know, um, learning about human nature and, and Shakespeare. It's like those, that's what I want them to learn. And that's what we learn through Lemmy training is that distinction. And that's what just sets it apart is that is really like the why, why are we doing this? It's not for the dates. It's not for the information. It's not for the content. So I have a, a follow-up question to that. Um, have you heard of Adlerian psychology? It's, I don't know if it's as, it's not as popular as Freudian psychology. Um, I don't know. Have you heard of him before? Adler, like 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 Adler. Well, so there's Mortimer Adler who wrote the great books, but then there's Adler who um, then there's um, Alfred Adler who was contemporaries with Freud, and he Freud's German, and and Adler is also German, and they were like contemporaries developing psychology at the same time. But Freud kind of took off way more than Adler did. It's it's a I had never heard of it before, and I was doing some research into mindfulness and like, um, just because you know that's like a buzzword. Everyone's like, oh, you got to practice mindfulness and teach mindfulness with your kids and all that stuff. And and um, so I was doing some research into mindfulness, and I stumbled upon it's called Adlerian psychology. So this is his tenant of of, of psychology. His tenet of psychology is um, the every time we enter a conflict or argue with someone, the root of the cause is the perception that we have of ourselves in relations to the other person. So he's saying like, um, he believed that like all problems that we have are all interpersonal relationship problems. Like every problem that you have in life is some type of interpersonal relationship problem that's how he um that's how he like built his psychology and that it's you and the better you get at understanding yourself and understanding how you project yourself with others and being okay with with where you're at then the better you will be at solving these problems right so this is his basic tenet is like you're not really human or you're not really your own self if there's no one else around you to reflect upon 
Does that make sense? So like if you're just an isolated person on your own, then you don't necessarily have like um, a lot of sense of self and then not a lot of sense of purpose. It's communities and it's family units and it's all these different roles we play within them that give us our sense of self. Um, but one of the things that I have found interesting is that I think as the brain of the, the teenage, of you know, teenager evol evolves or just grows, doesn't evolve, but like just grows and matures, that sense of self starts to need to be created, right? So they need that separation from their parents. And, and so they need that sense of self. And so that's why like so many kids are like, I'm done with you homeschooling mom. I want to go to school or like they want different options. And that's why I think Como schools are so critical because they can go to Shakespeare and they can experience these places where they get to, um, you know, learn about who they are and, and interact with their peers. So my question for you is how how has your experience been being in Commonwealth schools as far as the inter, interpersonal relationship as as like someone facilitating the Commonwealth school does that make sense so like I've heard a lot I've heard like people like oh we don't do Commonwealth schools or we don't do co-ops because it's all just drama I've heard other people being like this is not worth it because you know like let's just face it, we all homeschool. So there's part of us that's like the rebel, because you have to have rebel in you to homeschool us. But there's also those that homeschool because they have this intense introvertness that just needs to be left alone. And then there's also the homeschooler that's just like, screw the world, I don't want any part of it, right? So like, that makes it really difficult for to have independent, screw the world, and introverted people trying to build a community together, right? <laughs> <laughs> So the trifecta of difficulty when you're That's trying true. to build one world. So how has been your experience being in leadership or also being in like a member watching this play out in Commonwealth spin? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So, okay. So back to my oldest, like when, um, like the original Commonwealth that we were in, I mean, he had friends there and it was smaller, um, and it was trying to build. Right. And then we, um, he helped with, um, genius, which was kind of close, like about 45 minutes away, different common school, they needed help with their Shakespeare class. And, um, and we knew the, or I think it was Shakespeare, maybe it was, maybe it was classical acting because the, um, the mentor, um, we knew through church. So she asked him to help and she was going to be having some of the practices at her house like that, which was close to us. So it was going to work out. Um, but they were really short on people. So he really bonded with those kids. And then we ended up joining genius and like, they just had such awesome relationships. Um, it was just amazing. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I want this for all my kids, but I don't know if this is going to be replicated. Like, is it just this group of kids, you know, these group of kids that are just that they bond and they're just, they get along together and they all are accepting of each other. And I was just like, oh, I just don't know if this is going to happen for my next son. Um, my next son, he, he had some um, learning disabilities. He's dyslexic um, and he wanted to try some different things. I put him in a charter school that he was in like a couple days a week. And it was kind of like a hybrid program. And we did that for about a year. And um, I think it's when we first joined Genius. And then the second year, then um, he joined Genius. And, and then some of the boys who were in, who should have been in his group of kids were um, decided to go to public school or whatever. So his first year, um, he was in Cape Liberty with a bunch of girls and I was just like, oh, oh no, 
<laughs> this is going to be a nightmare. I'm like, ah, and he really didn't like, you know, in other groups, like he was very, he's very introverted and very quiet. And I was just like, he needs this. I just took him away from this group, but he had a great group of boys at this, at this charter school that he was friends with. And I was just like, I just felt like this is where he needs to be. You know, I just felt really strongly. This is where he needs to be. These, this, like, this is what he needs to be doing and learning. So um, anyways, so he ended up like just completely like, like these girls were his best friends and, um, and there were more, you know, different age kids and stuff like that. And some of the younger ones that came up that were um, like the following year that were in some of their classes, they were in Shakespearean acting classes together. He was mainly with this group of girls most of the time through his other classes, um, through his other projects, all the morning projects, which were like, you know, Key of Liberty and Sword of Freedom and stuff like that. But uh, he didn't have a problem with it. So if he didn't have a problem with it, I didn't have a problem with it. But I, I started to learn that. I remember the first, um, I was in charge of our, our youth conference. Heidi remembers because it was probably the coldest night I think any of us had ever spent at Lake Hammett. It was in, we did it in October. We wanted to do it because they were opening like the Halloween thing then. And so we kind of pushed it back a little bit. Anyways, it was freezing, but these kids had so much fun. And Tommy was there. He was transition to scholar, I think at the time, but he came because Heidi came and, um, they, I just remember like watching this group and seeing these kids were from like every walk of life. They were all so different. They were, had different um, personalities and different interests and stuff like that, but they just, they just loved and accepted each other. And so I saw that same pattern continue where I was just like, it's the same thing where it's like, they all felt accepted. Like they all felt accepted of each other. And then I had more hope. I'm like, maybe this will happen again. Maybe it wasn't just this magical thing that happened with my oldest son. And then, um, and then my next son, same thing. And it was just, and I started realizing it's because of these principles that we are implementing of what the foundation of the Commonwealth school is that we're teaching these kids that they, um, I, not that, not that kids don't fall into clicks. Cause I think that happens. I haven't really seen that happen like horribly. Um, but they, like it, that's just that was the that was just the nature and the um culture of our commonwealth school is that everybody accepted each other for just who they were like you could be a football player and um i could be like like super into computers or whatever but it didn't matter like they just they were all friends and they all like loved and accepted each other and the way especially my second son the way he like blossomed and the way he like really opened up and became like um such a, a leader in his in his peer group and like I'd see him and my, my husband would see him at like church activities, um, with, with, uh, with a different group of kids. And he would just be very much to himself. My husband's like, I'm really worried about him. He like has no interest in talking to the other, these other kids. I was like, you know, if I didn't see him with his genius friends, I'd be worried, but I know he has his people and that he is himself and he is outgoing and he's, you know, and that's fine. If he doesn't want it, be part of these other people. That's fine. I'm not going to push him. He did, obviously he's his own person. He knows who he wants to open up to him, who he doesn't. So, um, but he always had that and that meant everything. And so just seeing like, like that with my oldest son and then see it being replicated with my other kids, it's like it, I was so worried. It was like this one-time thing. How's this ever going to be replicated? But it has been. And the only thing I can attribute to is that what they are learning, right? This growth that they're all going through and like the culture that that it creates um like a genius it was always just like everyone has genius it's like this constant thing that like we were always looking for what was good and wonderful in each other and celebrating that and honoring that and not expecting people to be different than they were and just being like that's just who they are yeah well I know I mean genius 
was for everybody listening, Genius was the name of our Commonwealth. And I mean, it stood for guiding, educating, nurturing, inspiring, unique scholars. And we named it that because of a quote from a Thomas Jefferson education by Oliver DeMille. And I just wanted to read this um, quote. It's it's one that I, I go back to all the time, but it's um, greatness isn't the work of a few geniuses. It is the purpose of each of us, each of us. It is why we were born. Every person you have ever met is a genius. Everyone. Some of us have chosen not to develop it, develop it, but it is there. It is in us, all of us. Um, we live in a world of geniuses. How can we settle for anything less than the best education? How can we tell our children that mediocre education will do? when greatness is available. And it's like, I mean, I read that in this book and that was like, okay, I'm sold. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I, genius, that group was, was, um, we just, because of our name and everything, it was just right at the forefront. And, you know, we were always looking for that genius in other people. So, yeah. I would say though, from my own experience being in a Commonwealth, um, I think it was extremely liberating that there really wasn't labels put on. Like, I, I think that when you go to middle school, you get associated with a group of people that you are like, kick click with or whatever. And, and then you're assigned a label, right? You're like, oh, you're the, you're the nerds and you're the jocks and, <clears throat> you know, you're the math kids and you're the science kids, whatever. You get assigned that label, right? And then from the very, um, back to Adler and psychology says that, like around the ages of 10 to 13 is when you really start to assign and understand who you are. And if you have negative, like, like, um, beliefs about yourself, uh, modeled and created at that time, it becomes very difficult for you to then, you know, move past those labels. Right. So it's one of the things I remember, um, and I, and I mentioned this with my, um, uh, with my family members, um, they were always asked like, why, why do you have so much compassion and love for so many people or can just love any kid? And I'm like, well, because you don't see them as their label or like, you're the weird kid or you're the obnoxious kid or you're the whatever kid. It's like, no, that's so-and-so and their name. And, and then like, that's, that's who they are. And that whole package that comes with them, that's just who they are, right? I don't need to assign them a name. And like growing up, we didn't have like labels. It was just like, that's Tati and she's kind of a tomboy and she likes to do crazy stuff. And and that's just who Tati is. And I don't, and there's no other label than your name and who you are, right? And and my my brother was actually telling me the other day, he's like, I don't know how to recreate what happened because I only have friends from Commonwealth. <laughs> He's like, you know, some 30 something living in, you know, I'm like, you don't have any friends that you've made like in your career or like, you know, in your neighborhood. Or he's like, not really, not like my Commonwealth friends. And he still will like get online and play with them and do like lots of stuff with all his Commonwealth friends still. And he's like, yeah, they're just not the same. They're just not real friends. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can create that as a 30 something year old. <laughs> I think I think it's not unique to just genius that the Commonwealth you're a part of. I think it's a universal thing that you see in Commonwealths. So what is it about the Lemmy Project you think that allow the children to create bonds that are so, so tight? 
We're interrupting this broadcast to invite you to ask questions or share your epiphanies in the comments section. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a good review on the platform you are using because that really helps others find our content. Also, check out our website at lemmymentortraining.com. Um, well, again, I think all of it comes down to um, that, that those fundamentals of like, first of all, like as mentors, just as they do with peers, we accept for them for who they are, right? And um, meet them where they're at and work with them from there and help them believe in themselves. Like that's like huge because I feel like, again, like that's like what the, the mentors, like they come in at a very vulnerable place, right? We talk about this a lot, I think in more kind of the writing, like they're vulnerable and, and they are waiting for like, like you said, I think that's, I'm going to have to go more into, to, um, to Adlerian psychology. Cause that's really interesting because they do come in trying to figure out who they are, how people perceive them right? They are very easily, I think that's why middle, middle school is so difficult because they very easily fall into the labels that they have been given. So when they come into our projects and they are so, you know, they're vulnerable and they're looking to be like lifted up and they are looking to be taught, you know, like they might not always come across that way. They, they might not always come across like, I'm looking, please, I, I'm an open book. Just like teach me. No, they, they, they don't always, you know, come in like that you know or or maybe never even like really kind of as as mentors there's a lot of struggles it's not like all rainbows and butterflies like you know there are struggles through this process but it's worthwhile because I mean people are difficult right other like kids are difficult other people's kids can usually be more difficult you know it's like there's so many different things it's like we don't naturally come in just loving all these kids for who they are that takes time it takes um it takes patience and it takes us accepting these principles that is that something with you, Tati? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just agreeing with you because there have been a few kids where I'm like the first day of class, I'm like, I am not going to naturally be able to love this child. <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah. I am going to have to like every day in my prayer until God gives me that love, just pray because it's like there's always that one kid that you're just like oh my gosh you're gonna push me over the edge <laughs> yeah and there's adults like that too there's families like that but you know what that really does come I just really believe like in the principles and the um and like what we're what we're trying to like instill and bring out like what we're bringing out of history what we are bringing out of of the patterns we see in in um in like science and nature and all these different things like with pyramid project like what like what we are trying to like bring out this beauty in humanity right like it's really you know a lot of it's like focused on liberal arts and and so there's so much like beauty and such important those true principles that are there as we're bringing that out and and um and really like helping the children to recognize things um and to also feel comfortable with them and who they are it's just this it's this complex kind of like journey that's like seems complex but it's like really simple things and sometimes we don't do it perfectly and that's okay it's like I've noticed like as we're trying like we might not all do always do it perfectly but like they're gonna get there we don't it's not like this delicate fragile flower that we're gonna mess up if we don't do it perfectly you know but as we are trying to apply those principles and trying to do it right and trying to love each other then like that's when like the magic happens I feel like yeah, I I agree. And one thing though, I wanted to respond to you, Tati, about Tati, about how your brother 
um, doesn't know how to find a uh, community. He needs to start a commonwealth. He really does. I mean, personally, I know that for me, the communities, you know, that I've been part of, I mean, it's like, I know how to build a community now because of those experiences. And I did it for my kids originally, but it's, you know, I got so much out of it. And I mean, I know, I know Leah, you, you have too. I mean, you've, you just make these friends in there. I know I've, I've had like total meltdowns in front of these women. <laughs> I know I have in front of you, Leah. I mean, where it's like, like okay. That's, that's couple times. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, they, you're able to connect with these people in such a deep way because you know that they are willing to look at you for an individual. And if you have this horrible time, this horrible thing that you're going through, even if it's only in your own mind, they're willing to love you anyway and help you get through it. I mean, it really is that community. And rather than just, I mean, like a co-op, I've I've belonged to co-ops before and it's like, oh, okay, well, here's an art class. Here's a science class. Here's this. And you know, every semester it's a little bit different and, you know, you could connect, but it's like, well, they aren't offering what I, I need this semester. So we aren't going where mm -hmm. with a Commonwealth, it's like, let's figure out what we're going, what you're going to take, because this is what we're doing because this is what we do. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it hasn't always worked out perfectly for my kids, but it, we work it out because it's a community it's our people so. it's, it's the community and also it's like foundational what they're learning like it doesn't matter if it fits into like the state standards or what you need to you know check off the box for your school year like we always just try and make make it make it make the commonwealth projects fit into those things but sometimes like this year um my youngest like she's in seventh grade she's supposed to be studying like middle ages and she's doing sort of freedom I'm like whatever <laughs> just we've learned middle ages we'll do some middle ages stuff and like we'll we'll do that but that doesn't mean oh I can't do sort of freedom because we're she's supposed to be doing middle ages there's no way in the world I would think that because there's something so much more valuable that she's gaining besides again like that that content but I was thinking um you know it's just the way it carries on within life like um, my oldest, he just came back from, from serving a mission from our church, for our church. And, um, we went on, um, like a mission tour and I got to meet like his, his, a lot of the, a lot of people that he served with people he taught and like his, um, mission president, his mission president said something like, so, um, that's, that was so wonderful to hear as a mother. And he said that he's like, you know, I knew that wherever I placed your son, he would make the situation better. He could love people. And if he had difficult companions or difficult area, because he worked hard and he knew how to love people and just go in there and just make it better. And a lot of that's because of like the person that he is. And a lot of that, I feel like is just the lessons that he's learned um, through our Commonwealth school, because he has had to learn how to deal with difficult people. He's had to learn how to like see and find people's geniuses and, and really like love people and understand that there's, there's something bigger and better to everybody. Um, and, and, and to work hard, which is uh, another thing that he's not afraid to, to do hard things. That was like the key thing that I think both my oldest sons have said about quest after quest is like, they not only are not afraid to do hard things, but they want to do hard things. And 
quest, I feel like is like the pinnacle, but I feel like that these, uh, these are different things that they've learned throughout all of the scholar projects is that they studied these great people and that they, a lot, you know, they were just people, but they were willing to do the hard things. They were willing to stand up and be a leader. They were willing to follow certain principles. And so all these different things is made. So like, that's so instilled in them that they're just like, I, I want to do hard things because I want to be this bigger, better person than I could be. But I feel like, um, I feel like that, like it just really carries with them. And also um, I feel like it's so important. Um, this is something that we're kind of like trying to like work with, with a Commonwealth school right now is to, um, so I was thinking about the whole click thing. The only time I've really seen that is like when you don't mix, not really clicks amongst the scholars, but clicks like amongst, um, like, well, like when you don't mix the ages, so that's one thing I love about Commonwealth schools is that like, it, we're like, not like in public school where they're divided based on their age. Right. Um, I always think back my youngest daughter when she was, I mean, she was in love of learner. She's a scholar now, but she was a love of learner. And, um, Heidi's mom, we call her Nana Cherry was her like, you know, she was always helping in the love learner classes. And, um, and she did like this American girl doll class and all the girls loved American girl dolls. And, um, and anyways, I remember like, um, one of the girls once was just like, Nana Cherry like yelled at me. She was mean. And like, Maya got so mad. She's like, don't say that about Nana Cherry. She's my best friend. <laughs> like and here she was like nine, I think. She was, and like to her, like that was her best friend. And it's like, it always stuck out to me because I'm like, that's what this is all about is that like, there's not like lines. Like my kids were talking about from um like my, my one of my sons was talking about from this camp out they just went on with our Commonwealth school or they at a, at a, at a home, the, the property of someone from the Commonwealth school. And anyways, like all these different kids that are just all these different ages, but they love each other and they, and they have fun together and they're friends. So it's like, there's not also that like, um, not about just people who are different than you, but just like different age groups. Like they really learn how to like see each other as these individuals and not like, oh, I can't be friends with her. She's too young or she's too old or whatever. It's like, they just don't see, like you said, Tati, like those labels just like, like it's, and it's, it, and it's again, a, something that seems a, a pattern that keeps on repeating. So obviously there's something there, like it keeps on repeating in the Commonwealth schools. So, um, it's, I can't say anything, but like the principles is like, we're trying to implement them. And a lot of Commonwealth schools look very different from each other, but it's those basic principles um, that we learned through Lemmy that we're trying to, to implement and, and it works. Yeah, I definitely think that um, it's, it's, I think it's a combination of, of not just the principles, but also like the project itself. Um, and as, as I've been doing some more research into like what is project learning and why is it effective and why does it work um, it really is uh, modeled after after like how the mind develops and how it can think right we 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 very rarely compartmentalize like you know if, if you're looking at your wall you're not going to just like you see the whole wall right at one big picture and then you might, if you're trying to turn on the light, find the light switch. So our mind works by looking at a hole and then bringing it down into a part, right? And so I think the reason why, you know, if, if, if we can look at a person and see them as a whole person and then maybe pull out traits where you might like, oh yeah, you have blue eyes or, oh yeah, you, you know, you really love horses. Like um, then those parts make up the whole, but you have to see the whole. Whereas like in subject-based learning, your mind is trained to just find 
the one thing, right? And it, it actually causes like you not be able to make connections or to see things clearly or to be able to actually think um, complex in complex ways. And so I think the principles that we teach throughout the project, but using project-based learning as the tool to, to which to teach those principles is key. Like, um, and I think it's very, very difficult for people to understand that a huge part of the project being successful is like you said, the buy-in from the students being like, this is what we do. Do you want to do this? You know, are you going to do this project? And, you know, you don't have to, but this is the project and encourage you to do it. And I think there's so much power. Um, and again, going back to Adlerian psychology, because I'm re that's the book I'm reading right now. So, <laughs> um, but he talks about how like the role of the student is to learn. It's not the role of the teacher to teach. The role of the student is to learn. And he's like, when the teacher like assumes that it's their role to teach, then that's when um, that's when the the student can't learn because because they've assumed the role of the student because and so it's like it has to be their responsibility to gain and to know and to learn otherwise it's just it's he says it's just coercion it's just it goes nowhere <laughs> he was, it was he was pretty mean about it like I I don't know if I'd be as mean as he was but he was pretty mean about how he saw teachers and so that's one of the reasons why he's not as well known is because he actually didn't write down as much um, because he really did believe in like you know kind of like Socrates you know whereas Plato wrote more than Socrates but everyone thought Socrates was awesome <laughs> but um so then my follow-up question to this is um obviously principles are a huge thing what is it about the the form of a commonwealth that lends itself to longevity because we've seen we've seen commonwealths that are like 20 25 years old right and and none of the families that were originally in the commonwealth are even having children in their homes who are homeschooling right so like, but they're still there. They're still existing. They're still running. I mean, the, like the Commonwealth my mom started when I was 12. I just trained like five people this summer. in. So like, what is it about the Commonwealth that lends itself that way, in your opinion? Uh, the governing documents, because co-ops generally don't have a governing document and they're not meant to be long-term. Um, but that is, and that's usually how it explain it to people is that we have like a structure that is meant that's again, based on these principles. So it's like protecting what the foundation is supposed to be. Um, and then having that structure set up that people can, different people can come in and you can have that change in leadership and you can have years go by, but you're still sticking with that same foundation, that same infrastructure. Right. So it's like, and I mean, right now, like um, the Commonwealth School that we're in right now, um, we are, um, the, I'm, in, I'm in leadership for it and we're rewriting the documents, being inspired by school leadership training. But it's been really something that's been like, like really fresh on my mind because we've really been like digging into these things and changing a lot of, and really kind of, but like along the lines, having conversations about like, well, you know, these other schools that have used these same forms that have been successful for so many years like what's really necessary to change and what's not and like you know it's kind of a scary process because I know that thing you know, th when things have worked for a really long time and do you want to change that um but really just trying to like um build upon those things but I feel like like okay we talked about like the principles already which are 
part of like the founding documents um, and that you, the, the governing documents, but it's like once those are established and that they're established well, then that can continue because you're following the rules um, and you're following those documents rather than a family or a class or whatever. I mean, like the, the Lemmy projects are part of um, part of the documents and just, you know, just like the, the layout of basically following like the phases of learning and everything. But, um, but it's just really, I mean, that's key. Co-ops fall apart because it's just, it, like I said, the co-op that I was in that um, I met a lot of these moms that were also in Commonwealth school and they're doing this comment that they're doing this, they were doing this co-op because it met the needs of their children. They wanted to do it as a group. So, and then it really exploded because then we had like younger and middle and older. And then we had like, you know, baby, the baby room. I mean, it was just, it was, I mean, it was just a huge orchestrated thing. Um, but it, but then it fizzled out because like, you know, the people running it, like their needs were met and their kids moved on. But with a Commonwealth school, then you have those founding documents that you are, you have an organization that you are also, um, a, another key part of that is that you had the founding documents, you had the organization that you are also um, developing leaders in the parents. So you are like, not only it's like leadership education for the kids, but it's definitely for the parents. So being able to help those parents, like catch that vision, understand the principles, understand leadership education, applying it to their own lives and having a desire to continue and to apply those to the school. I mean, that's like, that's like the other part of it. You need the, the um, really good founding um, governing documents that can stand the test of time and people can come in and function the school on those using those documents and not changing them dramatically, like still basically following the same principles. And then um, it's our job also as leaders to train others to come in and continue it. And I feel like that's what I've seen happen again and again um, with these schools that have been around for 20 years is that they've done that. Yeah, governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, right? <laughs> So you have to like be aware of what you're doing and how you're changing things and and like the forms and stuff that you're implementing. But I also think it's um I I I, I was speaking to my mom the other day, Anelody, who who created Comel's school book and and I was asking her like, um, because I'm the principal mentor in my Commonwealth, but like we're so new in the Commonwealth thing. Even though I grew up in a Commonwealth, like I've never tried to build one. My youngest is ten. So I was kind of hoping I'd have a little bit more time before I just tried to do all this. But anyways, um, so I was just like, so they gave me the role of principal mentor. And so I was talking to my mom, like, what is this thing called principal mentor? <laughs> What's it supposed to do? And and she's like, well, first of all, it's appointed, not elected. And she's like, why do you think it's appointed? And I was like, um, okay, well, if I go back to my knowledge from Key of Liberty, <laughs> like, appointments happen when they have to deal with subjects that aren't going to be nice, like, people aren't going to like what they do, and so, like, they have to be arbitrary, and so she's like, exactly, so the principal mentor is going to have to have hard conversations with people, and so they can't be beholden to an election. Oh, okay, and so it's like, so it, it's interesting, because, like, you know, the, the forms and structures that Commonwealths uh, were created were based off of principles of, of power that the founding fathers understood, right? Like, 
there's there's just like you know all the way you know Locke and Montesquieu and, and you know I mean we could all read all those books or we could know that like if we just look at some of the similar forms that have been su successful in when when dealing with power which comes from anytime anybody's given a position of authority right um and like there's so many awesome resources you know the six creative power um podcasts or not podcasts like um, webinars those are so powerful there's like all the principles that lemmy teaches uh as through you go through all the trainings really do help you understand like the forms and how the principles interact with each other so i love that you you bring up <laughs> like it's it's you know most common most co-ops don't have that i don't think any co-op that i know of does <laughs> no i think a lot of them have like i mean some really good established ones will have um will have like rules and policies and that kind of stuff, you know, but it's different to, um, to, and I always compare it to government too. It's like you said of this structure, um, but it's like, what, again, it's like based on like those principles and something bigger, something bigger than just the families that are starting it. Um, and that's where I feel. And then like, let me, like the let me classes come in to to that is like what what is being taught you know and that it keeps serving a purpose for for like your example like several generations it keeps serving a purpose for several generations so um it you know like some to come like a, some co-ops are like we there's one um that my kids go to for just like writing and science or whatever and it's just based on those those teachers they offer great classes right but as soon as the teachers are done then that's done and everyone's gonna have to find something else so um you know but you know a commonwealth school should be based on on the on the principles and the and the projects which aren't going to go anywhere you know and it doesn't always i mean we have created our own um projects based on um, tg ed principles and following lemmy format um because i've had people like ask like well does it have to be like these like like that's what genius was a great example of um because there were needs that the that the um, scholars had that like there was like a you know a year when like none of the kids were ready to go on to quest they needed more writing so you know um so we had some some mentors that did a writing class that had you know created this own project of their own and I did a world history class one year because that's what was needed and um it's something I had passion for and created a project for that so but you can do that um basically just using again that that same but you're still using the same um principles of tj ed and that same kind of um format that that lemmy offers so it's not like you only have to do lemmy projects yeah yeah we, following that we example that model economics project we did personal finance project we did etiquette we did dance we had a really like full day you know after yeah. we did the scholar projects in the morning and the afternoon were like electives we had like four or five different electives and I think it really is a beautiful part of the commonwealth that allows for people like hey we have this elective time what can we like share and teach with our kids and as we grow and like um you know help our community have resources that like just share, like help lift everyone up with our resources that we have you know so well, we've taken a good chunk of your day. So um, in closing, I always like to ask, like, if you had some advice to um, maybe somebody in leadership who's listening to this podcast and is struggling or 
uh, person who's questioning whether to join the Commonwealth, like what kind of advice would you give to someone who's um, maybe struggling or looking into it from your experience of being in the Commonwealth and leading them? If any. Um, I would say, first of all, trust the process, you know, um, and I like, I feel like lately I've repeated this so many times, but um, things are a certain way for a reason, like trust people who've come before you um, doesn't mean you can't do things differently, but just like, I, I see that a lot. I feel like um, over the years with Lemmy that I've learned like, oh, someone already knew that and learned that lesson. <laughs> I didn't have to mess everything up. You know, it's like follow mentors, like choose a mentor and follow and trust, trust, you know, that, that principle of mentors is really important. And, um, and I feel like another big thing is work on yourself, really work on your own leadership skills, your own, like do the leadership education journey for yourself, um, which can seem overwhelming, but we have our whole lives doesn't have to happen, you know, in four years or whatever, like, you know, like it just, um, that personal growth, is going to be huge. Cause I feel like a lot of times, um, and it's really interesting what you said, I'm like, I'm going to look at that Adlerian psychology. That's interesting, but it is like a lot of times it's like, it's, it's things that have happened to us in our past that create our own like, um, problems or insecurities or whatever. So especially when it comes to like leadership, I feel like when you're, really like really striving to practice what you teach and like um and really learn those 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 um those leadership education principles and apply them to your life and to continue your own your own journey in education um it really it makes a difference because sometimes we just get caught up in like our feelings are hurt or this or that and being a leader like for those who are in like the leadership positions it's not easy. We talk a lot about like leadership education and sometimes it can be maybe kind of glorified. There's no glory. <laughs> There's no glory in that except for when you see the benefits for others to me, like that's like, Oh, that was wonderful. Look at like how wonderful, like this, you know, like how it was this or that was like life-changing and I want to help support this. But um, otherwise it's hard. Working with people is hard. Working with kids is hard. Trying to um, we're trying to do hard things and, and just don't, just don't give up, like, you know, trust, trust, um, trust yourself and work on yourself and trust the process and trust the true principles because other things will fail you, but those true principles are lasting for a reason. And I, I love that you said, you know, look to other people, find, you know, find a mentor for yourself, find other people that can help you. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up is that we do have webinars that, um, are available for, for people, be sure and check out uh, lemmy-u.com for the webinars that are this month. Um, so check those out because those are a great place to find some mentoring and to work on your own education. Yeah, what, what you guys have been doing, what you've been offering is amazing. I wish we would have had that 10 years ago. So like definitely that's like a treasure trove. Yeah, for sure. I really love how you said like work on yourself because you know that's the principle of leadership education it's you and them right so like um but it it's a it's totally a trust the process thing though because it's like you're just doing it and you're like I don't see how this is working but you know I decided that I was going to learn how to like 
do nature journaling better because I just wanted to, right? So I just started doing it, got all the resources, get everything, and I'm just starting to learn to draw and like watercolors and stuff. And then all four of my kids are just like watercoloring and drawing all around me. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, welcome guys. I guess you want to do this too. Like, you know, like, so if you you establish that culture in your home, like I I saw my mom go from like <laughs> ignorant, she says, you know, dumb as they come, she'd say, she'd say that about herself to like probably the most brilliant person I know, right? And I and that all happened when I was old enough to watch it happen. You know, she was she was 30 something. I think she was like 34, 30, like my age. She was like basically my age now when she found uh, leadership education, you know, and in that span that she's gone through, she like literally is the, the probably the, the smartest person I know. Um, sometimes I'm just like, what the heck I can't even understand you anymore like you've reached a new level of, of genius here mom you're gonna have to like scale back and and maybe tell me that in more layman terms but but you know she she didn't she didn't start that way right she just took that principle and she just trusted that process and then became this transformational um, person who's impacted so many many people's lives right and not that that was her end goal because the end goal was you and them right like that's what she she just bought that principle it's like i'm doing this i'm gonna do this 100 percent. i'm gonna get my education and i'm gonna trust that as i get my education my children are gonna get a high quality education and i would say all of us siblings are are all very well educated and and you know it worked so i'm really glad that you brought that principle up at the end. add something to that i was just yeah. thinking yeah. about the trust the process thing it just came to my mind that um like uh an example from like this past year because my kids had done I think I totaled up like a total of like 12 like Shakespeare and in, and uh in classical acting plays over the years and um in our Commonwealth school right now like we have a lot of new families like a lot of new families I think like outside of like like for Shakespeare then outside of me I think the people who like the people who had been there the next longest had done like two maybe two two years or whatever right so we had like two maybe two maybe three years I don't know but like all new like like and we had a huge class of like 25 kids right so we had this huge Shakespeare class and um and I was like new to the school so people don't really know and people don't even know each other because they're all like new like this huge growth happened and we had all these new families and after the Shakespeare play then on the on the parent thread then all these parents are commenting about how wonderful the same thing if you if you've done Shakespeare for enough years or if you've been in Commonwealth school for enough years you will hear the same story again and again my child did not want to get on stage my child wouldn't even get up and read a paper and then they just did this amazing performance I can't believe it you know and so I like kind of I hesitantly I'm like I just had to tell you guys because nobody really like understands or knows how this happened and so I just wrote this like long text I'm like like yes because I'm mostly like oh my gosh these mentors are just amazing well yeah we had amazing mentors they were amazing but I was like my kids have been doing this for a long time <laughs> like we did, we did this our 12th production and I have seen the same thing repeat and repeat and repeat and like uh, then the mentors have been amazing and um and they um you know they they work hard and the kids are amazing and everything like that i'm like yeah like i didn't want to take it away from like yeah these were amazing mentors and they did really cool stuff and they are amazing and usually any mom who is really putting her heart into it and and following these principles is gonna do amazing you know and i always appreciate that but it's like the common thread with like three different commonwealth schools and 12 plays is that it's the lemmy the lemmy projects like this is 
trust the process. Like this is the process. <laughs> like I don't think at the time anyone wanted to hear it, but I think after like several of them kind of went to um went to Lemmy training and kind of like, oh yeah, maybe she is right. Maybe she's just kind of like at first, maybe it's kind of like, whatever, Leah, like, like, let me cheerleader, you know, I'm like, I'm just telling you, like, this is the common thread. There have been like different kids, different plays, different mentors, and the same outcome again and again and again is because they are, they are following this process, like trust the process and, um, and it'll be amazing. And I feel like that's like with all the projects, it's like, just trust the process. I'll just add something on to, to that because I think it has to be Shakespeare. It can't be anything else. Like you couldn't just do like Voltaire or something else. Like it has to be Shakespeare. And I think it has, in my opinion, the reason it has to be Shakespeare is going back to what you originally said when you first got that curriculum. You're like, this is not beautiful. This is just ugly. It's when you work super hard to create a beautiful piece of art, then I feel like that's, there's something ennobling that happens in the character right when you struggle so hard to learn to say these words that are so like old <laughs> but then say them so articulately and and well and you create beauty with your your words and your movements and the, everything that happens on stage the act of creating that beautiful piece of art doing something hard doing it really is transformative like it's not just putting on a plate because like I have lots of people like, oh yeah, we did Oklahoma or we did these things and they don't change. They don't have transformation experiences. So maybe it's an awesome experience or maybe it's horrible, but it's not the same transformation that happens, you know, on your third night performance of, of whatever play you're doing. And you finally click about, oh my gosh, Shakespeare's talking about how life is so hard sometimes that you just literally have to let time unwind and heal you because it won't heal when you want it to be healed you know, and like the beautiful things that he teaches. So I just, I just want to throw that in there because I'm like, it has to be. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you for coming. And it's been an awesome to have you here today. Thank you so much. Thanks for all you guys are doing. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just as in every Lemmy training, we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this. You can do hard things. <laughs>